Thanks for joining me. It's Genesis 31. Jacob heard Laban's son's words saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's. He has obtained all this wealth from that which was our father's. Jacob saw the expression on Laban's face and said, and behold, it was not toward him as before. Yahweh said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field to his flock and said to them, I see the expression on your father's face that it is not toward me as before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Your father has deceived me and changed my wages 10 times, but God didn't allow him to hurt me. If he said, the speckled will be your wages, then all the flock bore speckled. If he said, the streaked will be your wages, then all the flock bore streaked. Thus God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. During mating season, I lifted up my eyes and I saw in a dream, and behold, the male goats which leaped upon the flock were streaked, speckled, and grizzled. The angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, here I am. He said, now lift up your eyes and behold, all the male goats which leap on the flock are streaked, speckled, and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban does to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you vowed a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah answered him, Is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Aren't we considered as foreigners by him? For he has sold us and has also used up our money. For all the riches which God has taken away from our father are ours and our children's. Then whatever God has said to you, do. Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives on the camels. And he took away all his livestock and all his possessions which he had gathered, including the livestock which he had gained in Paddan Aram, to go to Isaac his father, to the land of Canaan. Now Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole the teraphim that were her father's. Jacob deceived Laban the Syrian in that he didn't tell him that he was running away. So he fled with all that he had, he rose up, passed over the river and set his face toward the mountain of Gilead. Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. He took his relatives with him and pursued him for seven days journey. He overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream of the night and said to him, be careful that you don't speak to Jacob either good or bad. Laban caught up with Jacob now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountain and Laban with his relatives encamped in the mountain of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, what have you done that you deceived me and carried away my daughters like captives of the sword? Why did you flee secretly and deceive me and didn't tell me that I might have sent you away with mirth and with song and with tambourine and with harp and didn't allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters? Now have you done foolishly it is in the power of my hand to hurt you. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you don't speak to Jacob either good or bad. Now you want to be gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But why have you stolen my gods? 
Jacob answered Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Lest you should take your daughters from me by force. Anyone you find your gods with shall not live. Before our relatives, discern what is yours with me and take it. For Jacob didn't know that Rachel had stolen them. Laban went into Jacob's tent, into Leah's tent, and into the tent of the two female servants, but he didn't find them. He went out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the teraphim and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. Laban fell all around the tent but didn't find them. She said to her father, Don't let my Lord be angry that I can't rise up before you, for I am having my period. He searched but didn't find the teraphim. Jacob was angry and argued with Laban. Jacob answered Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? Now that you have felt around all of my stuff, which you, what have you found of all your household stuff? Set it here before my relatives and your relatives, that they may judge between us two. These 20 years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not cast their young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. That which was torn of animals I did not bring to you, I bore its loss. Of my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. This was my situation. In the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I have served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages ten times. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my affliction and the labour of my hands and rebuked you last night. Laban answered Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. What can I do today to these my daughters, or to their children whom they have borne? Now come, let us make a covenant, you and I. Let it be for a witness between me and you. Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. Jacob said to his relatives, Gather stones. They took stones and made a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jagar Sahudutha, but Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, This heap is witness between me and you today. Therefore it was named Galid and Mizpah. For he said, Yahweh watch between me and you while we are absent from one another. If you afflict my daughters, or if you take wives in addition to my daughters, no man is with us. Behold, God is witness between me and you. Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and see the pillar which I have set between me and you. May this heap be a witness and the pillar be a witness that I will not pass over this heap to you and that you will not pass over this heap and this pillar to me for harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. Then Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Jacob offered a sacrifice in the mountain and called his relatives to eat bread. They ate bread and stayed all night in the mountain. Early in the morning Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. Laban departed and returned to his place. That was a much longer chapter than many of the others in Genesis. That was 55 verses. Many of the others are in the 20s or the 30s.
Jacob left empty-handed from his father's house 20 years before this at the age of 77. But now he returns fully loaded. You know, Abraham had been wealthy, Isaac had been wealthy, but Jacob had left empty-handed. But now Jacob is also wealthy. The Lord has blessed him in 20 years and given him everything. And he's now 97. <laughs> Just a, a, hard to imagine these ages. But Jacob sneaks away and it's, it seems like Jacob's still up to his sneaky practices because, we, you know, we've seen this history of him being sneaky, but I don't think in this case it was deliberate deceit. I think it was just the wisdom that he felt he needed to have because we see that Laban has now been sneaky, treating him badly for, for a long time, and Laban's attitude towards him had changed, and Jacob just felt that if he said goodbye, he might not have been able to leave. And so I think the sneaking away was more just necessary than you know a deliberate d desire to deceive. And as they're sneaking away, Rachel takes the teraphim out of her father's tent, which is an idol, a family idol or a, a household god. And just, it's just a window into this, the fact that all these people didn't all worship the God of Abraham, Yahweh, but they worshiped different things. And um, there's lots of theories about why Rachel would take a God that's not Yahweh. And um, one of the theories is that this is an ancestral thing and it's, it's made of gold and it's, it's not just about religion, but it's about wealth. Well, that's one of the more kind of like positive takes on it. There are other takes on it, like that she, she, ha she wasn't worshiping the Lord, but, but Jacob was. Well, we're not really sure, but either way, Laban is upset about it and sets out on pursuit. But on the way, the Lord gives Laban a dream and basically in the dream says, leave Jacob alone. And so Laban gets there, they have this confrontation, they make a deal. And in the deal, Laban says to Jacob, God's given me a dream and told me to leave you alone. And I think that's astounding because Jacob would never have known about that except Laban said so. And I think to myself, you know, in our lives, God's doing things all the time for our well-being that we don't even know about. Here's an example of something that God did for Jacob's well-being, and Jacob didn't know about it except he got told. But the Lord's always doing things. The Bible refers later to, you know, every child having their angel, and, and, and the Bible talks about his angels protecting us. That's Psalm 90, Psalm 91. And so we've got Places in the Bible where we, where we realize God's actually at work in our lives and he's constantly doing things for us. Sometimes things happen to us that we don't like, but even then the wisdom of God can be in it or God can work through it to bring good. But God is certainly doing things for us far more than we can possibly imagine and we don't know it. And that's what happens here for Jacob. God intervenes on his behalf. And finally, Jacob and Laban meet up they are both, um, you know, they're both suspicious. They don't trust each other and they make this Mizpah deal. And they basically say, the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent from one another. When I was a kid, we used to go to this children's program and that, we used to say that every Friday night as we left, the Lord watched between me and thee while we were, we were absent from one another. And it's, it sounds really nice. Like, you know, basically God bless you until we meet again next week. But, and Christians around the world say this to each other. The Lord watched between me and thee while we're apart. But it, you know, Christians mean it well, but this story, in this story, it's not well-meaning. 
they basically are suspicious and because they don't trust in each other, they basically make a deal that God's going to keep his eye on you because I can't keep my eye on you, so God can keep his eye on you. And they set up this pile of rocks and say, you shall not come to my side and I shall not go to your side if, it's, if you've got bad intentions. It's like your kids in the back seat of the car and sometimes they argue and you say, there's a line right down the middle of the chair and don't cross over the, the line. And um, fortunately, my children get on really well. But, you know, you see that type of thing in families. And here we've got, you know, an uncle and a nephew that can't get along and they, they draw a line and say, we're not crossing over if it's for bad reasons. And um, we, we are people who trust the Lord. We do. And sometimes there are people in our lives like Laban and you can't, it's, you, you can't trust them. You don't know what they're going to do. But what we do is we go to the Lord. Just like Jacob and Laban, they made a deal that the Lord would watch over each other. Jacob, of course, had the Lord's favour, and we do too. You know, if you're his, you have his favour. And sometimes there are things in life or there are people in life that you can't trust where you bring them to the Lord and say, Lord, watch over this person. Keep your eye on them and let your grace be in the situation. And so you hand over your worry and um, it doesn't mean you hand over wisdom. You don't, you know, stop being wise, but you do hand over your worry and you place your trust in the Lord as Jacob did and you make it the Lord's problem. Heavenly Father, we, we pray this morning for things in our own lives that are beyond our ability to control, just as Laban was beyond Jacob's ability to control. And I pray, Lord, that these matters now be yours. We put them into your hands. Lord, we, we cast into your hands, Lord, the, that teacher or that lecturer that, that, that looks upon us unfavorably and marks us too strongly, or, Lord, a, a friend or family member or a neighbor that judges and says things that are, that are not appropriate. Or, Lord, people out there that, that, that don't have a sense of fairness, we, we bring them to you and we put them into your hands and we ask, Lord, that you would watch over them and take care of them and bring them into all truth. And for ourselves, Lord, bring us into truth too, that we might always act with righteousness and fairness towards all people. In Jesus' name.